0: The Orlando Magic fall again to 0 and 5. And if there's one thing that we should know after all these losses that the Magic have taken, it's this. It's time to hand Paolo the keys. It's time for Locked On Magic. You are Locked On Magic, your daily Orlando
1: Magic Podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day.
0: And you are indeed locked on magic. Today is October 27th, 2022. My name is Philip Ross Reich. I'm the expert in site editor over at OrlandoMagicDaily.com. Of course, follow me on Twitter at R underscore OMD. On today's episode of Locked On Magic, the Orlando Magic fall once again to the Cleveland Cavaliers as they sit at 0-5 and, and through all the frustration, all The negative feeling about this, and frustration and everything about this team, there is one truth that is undeniable. This needs to be Paolo Bancaro's team. And this team needs to trust Paolo Bancaro to lead them to that first victory and a whole lot more. We're going to get into all that coming up here in just a moment but first we want to thank you again for making Locked On Magic part of your day every day no matter when you listen to us whether it's first thing in the morning whether it's right when we upload we truly appreciate you making Locked On Magic part of your day every day remember there's a great Locked On podcast covering every single team in the NBA just search for Locked On and the team you're looking for the Locked On Podcast Network it's your team every day I've had this conversation with a lot of people as they've there's I don't want to call it panic, but a lot of the conversations I've had with fans, a lot of the conversations I've had with other reporters, just you know, people that, that talk to me about the Magic, um, there's a lot of hand-wringing about the team's start. And, and I'm not going to sit here and sugarcoat and say that you know, the team should be thrilled about being 0-5. There are a lot of problems to solve. There are a lot of things to fix. And I'm going to get into some of those um, in the second block of the show. We're going to dive into some of the things that the Magic have to do um, and some and, and, and where the Magic are close and where the Magic are still far away from where they need to be. Things are not good. Let's just stay there. Let's just, just, let's just make sure we understand that point. The Magic need to play better. They need to do better. They need to be better. Bottom line. But, having said all that, as I've told pretty much everyone I've talked to about the Orlando Magic, this season was never about wins and losses. Sure, it's about doing more winning things and making progress as a team. But at the end of the day, with the number one pick in tow, the only thing the magic needed to learn, the only thing the magic need to see, the only thing the magic need to come out of this year understanding is who Paolo Bancaro is and the best way to build around him. That's honestly all that matters. Everything else is extra. As so many people would say when you're evaluating, looking at this roster, it's like, I hate to say it, how many of these guys are going to be on the team when the team's competing for the playoffs, competing for a championship? Part of this season is figuring out that equation, figuring out that part of the puzzle, figuring that piece of the pie. And so if the Magic exit this season only knowing that Paolo Bancaro is a star player and then understanding what they need to do to surround him and how they can use him, nothing else matters. If the Magic come out understanding he could be a triple-double threat every night because he's such a great passer, great. If they come out understanding he's just a a 20-point-a-night scorer, great. If they understand that he can run pick-and-rolls, great. That's the stuff that matters. And so, some of the rotation decisions about making sure that he plays a ton with Franz Wagner, again, I I looked it up. That duo has played the second most minutes together of any duo on the Magic so far this year. If... There is an intention to keep Franz Wagner and Paolo Bancaro playing together, even if it would be better for this team winning-wise to separate them at times. And they probably should be at times separated just to see what that looks like too. That's okay. We are five games into this thing. Five games. just, Just five games. Just this many. And... I think we can already start making some conclusions about Paolo Bancaro. I think we can already say a few things about him. And frankly, with the way with where this team is at at 0 and 5 now, I think we can also fairly definitively say that the magic need to give him the keys. The magic need to let him drive. The magic need to succeed or fail on his shoulders. I appreciate Jamal Mosley for. Doing this by committee thing and, and having the option to score by committee, we are five games into this thing, and there are only two guys who are scoring with any kind of consistency that you can rely on every single night. And there's really only one guy that's been a steady drumbeat of efficiency, of consistency, that has frankly been put in the best position to succeed, granted, and that's Paolo Bankero. Whatever handcuffs you might have on him because he's a rookie whatever restrictions or doubts you might have or, or, or anything like that, put those away. Put those away for now. The Magic need to let the reins loose and let this kid go. Because he's really good, guys. The moves, the plays, the drives that he was making throughout the course of Wednesday's 103-92 to loss to Cleveland Cavaliers are the stuff that veteran Scores make. Forget the fact that he's had five 20-point games to start his NBA career. And, and he's going to have a bad game somewhere along the way. This isn't going to last forever and the Magic will have to figure that out, that part out later. And honestly, if they lose because he had a bad game in a rookie year, I'm not going to lose sleep over that. I'd rather the Magic lose a game where he scores eight points on 20 shots than anything, than anything else right now. Like, let this kid cook. The fact of the matter is, the Magic are better when Paolo Bancaro is going. In Wednesday's game, Paolo scored a career-high 29 points, including 13 in the fourth quarter. scored five of those in the last minute, but we'll get to that here in a sec. 29 points. Continuing that streak of 20-point games to start his career. He shot 10 for 19 from the floor. Pretty solid efficiency, including 3 for 5 from deep and 6 for 8 from the foul line. Continuing to get to the foul line at an incredible rate. He added 8 rebounds as well and 4 assists, along with 2 blocks. Paolo Banquero is doing some really good things. I mean, one thing if you look at the box score and say, well, okay, he's getting up shots, he's putting up numbers, but look at the way that he's doing it. Step back jumpers over Evan Mobley, taking Jared Allen off the dribble to the basket and finishing. Getting to the getting to the rim, missing and out positioning Evan Mobley for his own rebound for the putback, getting to the foul line, forcing contact. Defenses are going to change on him. They're going to double him. He's going to commit turnovers because he's a rookie, and rookies make turnovers. Rookies make mistakes. Well, that's just going to happen. But there is. Literally, there's literally very little any defense can do to stop what he's doing because he's a 6'10 forward that can work off the dribble, can take smaller players down to the block, can step back and hit threes, can do it all. And frankly, if the Magic had trusted Paolo Bancaro, they very well might have won this game. Honestly, I can't tell you the, first, the last time I said this in the course of a game in the fourth quarter of a game where I literally I, I tweeted it out I have the timestamp to prove it I literally tweeted out Paolo just finished the game there's a confidence that comes when you have a star that can carry your team not only just carry your team to stay in the game but carry your team to win the game and There's been a lot wrong with the Magic to start this season. There's a lot that went wrong in this game itself. There's a lot that's going wrong for this team. Paolo Bancaro is one of the reasons why the Magic are not getting blown out right now. With how poorly they're playing on defense, with how poorly they're playing on offense, Paolo Bancaro is keeping this team alive. It may not be the superstar way where he is just, you know, We have the thing we haven't seen from Paolo Bancaro, the only thing we haven't seen yet from Palo Bancaro is his ability to keep the team in the game and to win the game when it counts, when it matters. He did that a little bit in the fourth quarter against Boston and got out by Jason Tatum. That's why that game was probably the best game the Magic had played all year, to be perfectly honest, from start to finish. They got beat by a better player at this point. Also playing very, very well. Also taking over. Also making sure his team won. Paolo Bancaro wants to be a good teammate. I completely get it. I love that about him. I love that he is not the selfish player that people kind of characterized him at Duke and characterized his style of play. He wants to fit in. And he can score a lot just by fitting in. He's going to make an impact. The ball is going to find him. The Magic will make sure of it. But at the end of the day, the Magic needs someone to carry them. And down by four, the lead slipping away in the fourth quarter, Paolo Banquero was carrying this team. Like I said, he had 13 of his 29 points in the fourth quarter. Five of them came in the last minute when they were desperate to get back in the game. Eight of those points, two three-pointers, an and one. It's a three-pointer, a two-pointer, and an and one. That kept the magic in the game. About six minutes ago, they're down by six. But over the final six minutes, until about the 52nd mark, over the the next five minutes, Ben Caro did not get a shot off. He had one turnover. Did not touch the ball very much. And whether that's a product of Cleveland's defense or a product of the magic just being so disorganized right now, that is something that cost them the game. This is Paolo Bancaro's team. Let's start acting like it. Let's start giving him those star touches. Let's start delivering him the ball in positions where he can score and making sure he's involved in the game. Because right now, the Magic are not going to win without it. There are just too many problems going on. We're going to dive into some of those problems and some of the things that the Magic have to do to correct these mistakes and get on the winning track. There's just a lot that needs correcting right now. We're gonna to get to that coming up here in just a moment. But first, a quick word for our pals at prize picks. It is NFL Thursday. We got Tom Brady and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers taking on Lamar Jackson and the Baltimore Ravens. It's a fun Thursday night game for the struggling Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And if you're if you believe that Brady's out for vengeance, then you'll take a lot. You'll definitely want more from him, uh, whatever his yardage, is, whatever you think his yards are going to be. Or if you're out on this Bucks offense, which I don't blame you with how they played, you're going to want less. And Prize fix allows you to pick against these projections, against the projections, more or less, to come up with some big prizes. Here's how the game works. You pick two to five players, and if they will, if they go on to score more or less than their prize picks projections, you can win up to 10 times your money on any entry. There's no competing against other people, no, no dealing with sharks, and these massive pools with very little payout. It's just you versus the available projections. Prize picks offers projections on any sport that you watch, including NBA, NFL, MLB, NHL, PGA, college football, men's college basketball, women's college basketball, soccer, WNBA, eSports, NASCAR, on and on and on and on and on. You can get all that. You can get all of that. Any time you want. And you actually combine sports too. So if you want to put if you want to put something together, make an entry that involves the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, along with tomorrow's NBA games, you can mix and match those two. Entries can be made in 60 seconds or less. It's really that easy. They offer safe and fast withdrawals, and it's currently operational in more than 30 states, including here in Florida and Canada. So download the PrizePix app or go to PrizePix.com to sign up and play daily fantasy sports. First time users can receive a 100% instant deposit match of up to $100 with promo code Locked On. If you deposit $100, PricePix will give you $100. If you deposit $50, price picks will give you $50. So don't forget to enter promo code Locked On at sign up for an instant deposit match of up to $100.
1: The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama.
0: We want to thank you again for making Locked On Magic your first listen today. Check out the Locked On Sports Today podcast for your second listen of the day. From the games that matter the most to the biggest stories in sports, go beyond the scoreboard and behind the scenes with local experts and insights only Locked On can provide. Locked On Sports Today available on this app, YouTube, and wherever you get your podcasts. Like I said, there are a lot of issues with the Orlando Magic right now. Um, You know, they're they're knocking on the door. I I, I don't want to say that they're far away from winning basketball games. They're going to win a game here soon. I actually do think they're going to win Friday against Charlotte. I know Charlotte's playing really well. They just had a really big game against the New York Knicks. They lost in overtime. They're doing some good things, even without LaMelo Ball in there, even now without Torrey Rozier in there. I, I think... I think a this Magic team is really really young and they're going to play significantly better at home than they have on the road. Um, so I think that being back at the Amway Center is going to help them out a ton um, and, and, and fix some of these issues, especially the shooting issue, which they shot really well in the home game against the Celtics and they have not shot well at any other point in the season. Um, that's that's um, honestly that's issue number one for this Magic team. They are there's a lot of faith, and I'm sure when Jamal Mosley breaks down the tape, he will say. Most of the shots that they're taking are good shots. They're taking some rush threes. There's no doubt about it. And honestly, kudos to the Magic here. They knew they weren't shooting well. They only took 24 three-pointers in the game. They didn't lose this game because they didn't make three-pointers. I'll say that much. They shot six or 24 from beyond the arc. Franz Wagner was 0 for 4. Wendell Carter's 0 for 3. Cole Anthony's 1 for 5. Cole Anthony probably took the worst three-pointers on the team. Most of those three-pointers were good ball rotation, wide-open shots that they just miss, and, and And that's honestly been the story all season long is just of them missing wide-open shots. And again, it's not necessarily the volume or anything like that. It's when those threes occur. It's missing a wide-open three when you're up three and can extend the lead to six in the second quarter and build a little bit of a run. It's missing a wide-open three when you're, giving, when you're down on a run, when you're down six and trying to climb your way back in and trying to build some momentum to go on a run. Um, it, it's, it's, it's little things like that. And, and it's that little bit of confidence, too. Um, you, know, you watch this Magic team a little bit. There's not a lot of faith that they're making three-point shots right now. And so they are not making the extra pass they need to make. They're settling for a contested mid-range jumper because they're not looking to move the ball or rotate the ball one more pass to make that bell play to get that corner three pointer, Cleveland made some threes early. That was a big factor for them taking control of this game and staying in this game. Even though Orlando was doing such a great job, kind of forcing their way to the rim, getting to the paint, challenging those shot blockers, and doing a lot of really, really good things. Uh, like I said, I, I know I've been uh, every one of these games rhyme. Like it's 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 the same problems over and over and over and over and over again. Um, so you know, there's I'm not breaking any new ground here, but i I'm, I'm serious, like. Jamal Mosley's getting a lot of criticism, and and with his rotations, I think he does deserve criticism. We'll get to the defense here in a minute. Offensively, I think the Magic are doing some really good things. I I am still really excited about what this Magic team can do offensively and what their potential is offensively. They only have 19 assists tonight, 19 assists on 35 field goal makes, so the assist number needs to come up a little bit. It's a little bit too much isolation uh, basketball, but at the same time, First half, especially, Franz Wagner was doing a great job just forcing his way to the basket and just taking it to Evan Mobley and making Evan Mobley look silly at times. Um, Paolo Bancaro can get to the basket against anyone anytime he wants, um, and and he's going to get the whistle. He's so good at forcing contact. He's so good at getting to the the line. He's so good at finishing around the basket. He's still turning the ball over a little too much on some swipe downs and and, and losing the ball uh, on dribbles, but that's somewhat expected as a rookie. He's going to make those mistakes. Um, but overall, there's a lot to like about this offense. They are just missing shots, and every time they start missing shots and start start missing open shots, especially, that's when the offense begins to devolve. That's when the passing stops. That's when the ball movement stops. It's got to be constant. And 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 you know, a veteran team knows to stick with it when the shots aren't falling. They know how to solve the problem when the shots aren't falling. A young team doesn't know how to do that. Um, the, you know they're still getting on the same page offensively. This is really kind of complex. It's not complex in the actions and movements. It's complex in the reads. It's it, it requires everyone to be on the same page, and the magic just aren't there yet. And obviously they're down a point guard, so they're missing an organizer. They're missing someone to kind of get them into that rhythm that they need, and 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 that's going to help a ton in the long run too. Um, they they need an organizer. They don't they don't need a scoring guard. They need a shooter, but they need. They need they need a scoring guard. They need a, an organizer, someone that's going to calm them down and kind of keep them on the drumbeat that they need. Again, Paolo is doing that a little bit. Um, Franz can do it a little bit. I, I don't. I still don't like him doing it in full full spurts. But they need Markel Fultz back. You know, Jalen Sucks, I think would help a lot in this category too. To me, though, because the offense is struggling so much, it is heightening the Magic's defensive issues. I want to say this first and foremost, though. The Magic did good things defensively tonight. The numbers would tell you the Magic had a good defensive game. 41.4% shooting, 10 for 33 from beyond the arc for for Cleveland. They gave up 30 free throws. That's that's one of the big things. The Magic are still fouling a little bit too much. 17 turnovers for 19 points. When they're not able to get settled, the defense does struggle a little bit. Um, 12 offensive rebounds, including 7 for Jared Allen. There are still very many issues, and and one of the big issues is just point-of-attack defense. The Magic are really, 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 really struggling to contain guards. Um, and, and, and something that you know, you hear a lot about good defenses is they force ball handlers where they want them to go. And one thing that the Magic are trying to do and they're trying to adopt is the switching scheme. Um, and, and you watch the Boston Celtics. The Boston Celtics are the best switching team in the league. Boston switches really well. Miami switches really well. They're, they're two, of the, two of the highest switchy teams in the league. Detroit also switches a lot. If you look back at that first game, you got good examples of bad switching and good switching. Detroit was bad switching in the first half. Orlando torched them. They were switching much better in the second half, much more cleaner, much more aggressively. That's when Orlando really struggled to break them break them down. And, and essentially what a switch is just meant to do is to take away the advantage of a pick. You're, you're trying to pick and create indecision. And, and, and essentially that's what you're trying to create because indecision allows gaps to score. And so by just switching on the screen, by not even acknowledging the screen exists or, or not playing the screen essentially, um, defense, our offenses lose that advantage. And essentially they have to reset their whole offense because they're not able to get downhill. And what you see a lot of teams do is, is it's supposed to kind of invite, um, invite the guard to just try and take the center off the dribble. Um, but what's happening with the Magic when they switch is... They're not switching aggressively enough, uh, if that makes sense. Um, you know, the, the way I like to term it is there's a soft switch and there's a hard, there's a good switch. Um, a soft switch is just kind of a straight pass through. You're not, you're not even, you're not really disrupting the ball handler at all. Personally, when I, I think when you switch, you're, you're essentially guarding your man to the last second, um, so that the, the guard doesn't know what's happening. So when he comes around the screen and there's a guy just standing there, he's a little bit shocked, disrupt his dribble a little bit. The Magic really aren't doing that. It's literally just a pass through. Wendell Carter's kind of kind of stuck in the middle. He's open. His stance is a little bit open. He's not that quick on the perimeter. He's, he's good defender, but he's not that quick on the perimeter. And teams are just attacking him downhill. Honestly, if, if I were to make an adjustment for the Orlando Magic right now, it's to go to a drop scheme or go to kind of a not a hard hedge, but I would I would do I I would I would have I would tell Wendell when you switch don't press up. Don't press up or be at the line. Line of the screen. Be back a little bit. Be in a little bit of a drop, and then reset your. Then reset yourself a little bit. Um, he is getting just beat one on one. All the guards are getting beat one on one. That's that's forcing the big men down low to come up. That's forcing the low man to stay in the paint to guard the perimeter. That's exposing the weak side three. That's where the magic got killed time and time and time again. And and. You know, the Magic did do good things defensively. They're challenging shots at the rim really, really well. I think that's the main focus for Orlando right now, is to limit paint points. Cleveland has 46 points in the paint, 23 for 48 shooting. It's a little too many field goals in the paint. Orlando had 54 on 27 for 46, for for reference there. It's probably a few too many uh, uh, attempts in the paint. But overall, that's pretty good, um, especially considering how poorly Cleveland shot from beyond the arc. Um, but Cleveland had, had, what, six threes in the first half? They they were able to stay in this game and stay alive because of their three-point shooting, and because Orlando's not hitting any threes, every three feels like a backbreaker. Defensively, because the Magic are getting caught out of position, because teams are able to get downhill, they're able to get to that second layer of defense, the Magic are giving up a ton of offensive rebounds. It's, it's not that Wendell Carter's a bad rebounder all of a sudden. He's still a very good rebounder. But Wendell Carter is out on the perimeter guarding guards. Um, you know, you've, you're, you've got a smaller Paolo Bencaro. You've got a smaller Franz Wagner, You've got freaking Terrence Ross or Cole Anthony trying to box out a guy like Jared Allen. And oftentimes, they can't even get there in time because so much of the play is engaged with the guards. Orlando did a great job defending Donovan Mitchell in this game. 5 for 19 shooting, 14 points for Donovan, Donovan Mitchell, 1 for 7 from beyond the arc. Still managed 8 assists, but a lot of his misses were rebounded by Jared Allen, were rebounded by uh, not by Evan Mobley because he didn't have any offensive rebounds. Um, but you know, again, Jared Allen was just kind of hanging around the paint, cleaning up the messes, cleaning up all the shots because Orlando's defense was just a little bit out of whack. They were able to get under control. I don't want to say it was completely bad or completely awful, but there are just these repeated problems. Um, the three-two zone is a disaster. The Magic need to absolutely scrap that three-two zone. It is soft as it is soft as all things. Um, I, I'm I'm not. I don't like zone defense, especially at this level. I'm not against it. Um, I, I agree that it's a good changeup. I run it in 2K because I can't guard anybody one-on-one, and I know that it messes messes people up to, to play zone um, a little bit. It's it's how I honestly like when when I'm playing 2K. The way I combat teams that do five out defense five out offenses is I play a zone to make sure I have a big man in the in the middle. Um, I, I prefer a two-three. I just know the responsibilities better on a two-three than I do a three-two. Um, the magic run a three-two-one-two-two hybrid. Um, it's just soft. Um, they, they allow middle touches so easily. Any coach will tell you, anyone who's played basketball at any level will tell you, the way you beat a zone defense is you get right at the free throw line, you get right in the middle, watch the defense collapse, and then pick the hole that you want to exploit or pick the hole that the team gives you. Um, that's usually a lot of corner threes. That's how you get your corner threes against a zone defense. Orlando's letting f- cutters go free into the middle of that zone defense. They are not covering covering that middle and they are just getting eviscerated. It is it is awful. It, it does not look like the Magic. Of pra- I know the Magic used it a little bit in, in preseason. It does not look good. It is not done with any intensity. And just frankly, when I look at this Magic defense, I see a defense that lacks intensity. That lacks kind of the focus and, and the energy that you need to play good defense. Um, it's... The scheme's a little bit off. I'm not going to deny that. I don't think it's all on the players. I think the coaches need to do, do a better job taking advantage, of the, taking advantage of the players that they have um, and, and putting them in positions to succeed. One of the reasons why Wendell Carter did not work in Chicago, Chicago blitzed every screen. And, and while you, you think to yourself, well, oh, Wendell Carter's a good defender, he can guard out on the perimeter, blitzing screens, Wendell Carter does not have the speed to blitz screens the way that Jim Boylan blitzed screens in Chicago. It was one of the great. It was a huge disaster. Wendell Carter is a great defender. He is still a really good individual defender. When you put him on the block, put him up against great post players, he is going to get stops. He is going to defend really, really well. When you put him on the perimeter, when you engage him in pick and rolls, and you expect him to switch, just just do a straight switch to get out on the perimeter, to kind of step out on the guard, he is going to struggle. And and we're really really seeing that. And. Maybe this is all just to test what they can do, what they can get away with. Maybe they're playing the defense they want to play, uh, the, the style that they want to play instead of the players that they have. They're not putting, them, they're not putting these guys in the best positions to succeed. If I were Jamal Mosley, I would simplify everything. I would simplify roles. I would simplify responsibilities. I, I, would, I would, again, like, I, I'm, bi- I'm going to be big on this. Build foundations and then experiment. The foundations need to be strong. There are good principles in what the Magic are doing. Like like I said, I don't think Jamal Mosey is necessarily a bad coach or or has made bad decisions. There are good ideas in what they're trying to do. They are doing some good things. It's not like it's a complete disaster, but because the offense just can't can't sustain shots for so long um, because the offense constantly puts the defense in a bind, um, the defensive flaws are highlighted. Um, If the Magic are scoring 120 points like they did against Boston— most nights, their defense is going to be good enough to win that game. Boston's an incredible offensive team. There's just not a lot. There's not a lot the Magic could do. But again, we're seeing a lot of these problems pop up. Pop up. It's it's none of this is new. To me, like the offense, the defense needs to get on the same page. Um, and and it's and this team wants to be a defensive team. They want that to be their identity. This team has a lot of work to do to get there. It's not effort. It, it is a little bit effort, but it's 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 desire. It's want to. But it's precision, it's details, it's knowing to go, you know, trusting your teammate will, well, trusting a teammate will grab the shooter so you can grab the help, um, or cracking, cracking down and getting a box out when Wendell Carter is switched out onto the perimeter. Those are the details that this Magic team has been preaching and trying to build this year. Those are the details that are missing so far this season. It. These are all global problems. This isn't anything new. I'm not breaking any news here. I'm repeating myself from the first four games before this one. The communication's been terrible. They just don't seem to be on the same page. Orlando needs to get everyone on the same page. Um, and, and and when they do that, they're going to be successful. It's, it's, it's only five games in. There's plenty of time to do it. It's concerning that it hasn't happened yet. It's concerning that there doesn't seem to be significant progress. But we're still early enough in the season where People shouldn't panic. You shouldn't completely abandon what you're trying to do schematically. Just simplify it. Maybe maybe scale back a piece of it. Say, let's just focus on doing this today. Let's master this. Then we'll move on to the next thing uh, or next thing or the other. Just make sure we have these rotations down. Make sure we have our calls down. Keep things really simple. Master that and then add wrinkles to it. Add stunts. Add other things to it. This team has enough defensive talent and, and Palo Vancaro is among them. This team has enough defensive talent to do to to, to make up for a simple scheme. I, I, I do believe that, and and some of it's experience too. I I can't count how many times, you know, Caleb Houston must have had like two or three plays where he was the low man. He's cover he's helping cover the paint, helping put some pressure on on the big man uh, as the Magic rotate out. They they skip past to his man to his man in the corner, and he turns the wrong way to get back to him instead of a quick quick closeout. The Magic closeouts were terrible in the first half. They were much better in the second half, so they can get better at this. Their defense was good in the second half. 49 points is really good, especially against this Cleveland team that's really good offensively. Um, so there, there are good things, but it's it, it, like like everything else, it's just not coming together yet. We're going to go through the box score real fast. I know I'm going kind of over my time here. We'll go over the box score real fast coming up here in just a moment.
1: Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day.
0: So let's run through the box score real fast as the Orlando Magic fall to the Cleveland Cavaliers, one hundred three to ninety two. I think I hit uh, all the big issues that I wanted to hit. From this game. Paolo Bancaro is a superstar, 29 points, 10 for 19 shooting, three for five from beyond the arc, six right from the foul line, eight rebounds, four assists, two blocks. Just a just a really good game. Like, dude, like Paolo's Paolo's it, man. It, this team has not had a score like him since Tracy McGrady. I'm I'm serious about it. And it, it's only gonna get better. He's only gonna get more confident. He's only gonna get more comfortable. Defenses are gonna change how they play him. He's gonna figure it out. This guy, this guy is the guy that the Magic have been waiting for for a long time. They need to be thinking constantly about how do we make the most of him? How do we get the most out of this guy? How do we expand this guy's game so that we can be a championship contender? Because that's the kind of player that Paolo is Franz Wagner also had a really nice game. 22 points, 10 for 19 shooting. Missed all four of his three-pointers. Five assists, five rebounds. He did have five turnovers as well. Um, again, I, I I have to applaud Franz. He first off, his first half, he was just going at Evan Mobley, no fear whatsoever, just going at him at all times. I loved what he did. I loved his first half. It was the best half of basketball he's played all year. He was unafraid of Evan Mobley, he attacked him off the dribble, scored over him, just did whatever he wanted, forced his way in the paint. And honestly, like if the game had ended in the first half, I would have and the Magic had won, I would have said the Magic willed themselves to a victory. They weren't making shots. They got to the foul line. They got to the basket. They trusted their stars to get them to the door. And look, it's good. That's good. That's what you want to see. Uh, Fran, the, the sooner that Jalen Suggs, the sooner that Markel Fultz comes back, the better we're going to see Franz Wagner play. I am not concerned about the way Franz Wagner is playing. His shooting percentage is down because he is having to defend the best player on the other team. He defended Donovan Mitchell a ton tonight. Did a great job on him. A fantastic job on him Wednesday night. Um, You know, he was up to that challenge. Really impressive defense from Franz Wagner. Um, The turnovers are all because he is in a a role that he is uncomfortable with. I agree with experimenting with it a little bit. The extent to which the Magic have had to experiment with it, he is not ready for it. That has been proven out time and time and time again. Wendell Carter, a solid game. 12 points, 9 rebounds. He did foul out 3 turnovers, uh, 4 for 9 shooting. Wendell is just in a really tough spot. I I explained some of my defensive problems with him right now. Um, he's everyone, I think, is still figuring out their role in the offense. You know, Paolo is really good and, and Paolo fits into this offense really, really well, but they lack organization. And, 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 you know, I don't think it's a coincidence that Wendell Carter's best run came with Markel Fultz on the floor because Markel Fultz is just really good at finding guys in the perfect spot and getting in passes. That is not Cole Anthony. That is not Franz Wagner. Wendell Carter needs a great playmaker to get him the ball in the right spots, to get him get him shots. Um, he is still making shots uh, that he needs to make. He's still making some tough shots. He's still getting some post-ups that he's doing really well at. Um, but overall, I think there's there's a missing element that he doesn't have a great playmaking point guard to play with. On that note, Terrence Ross and Cole Anthony combined to score 16 points on five for 20 shooting. They're two for eight combined from the foul line from the from the three point line. It is really really tough to win when your two guards are not giving you anything. There, Terrence Ross and Cole Anthony did not give the magic anything in this game. Just just to be perfectly honest. Just just very, very little. And it's it's tough. Um, you know, again, the magic are fine. They're 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 running things through Palo, they're running things through Franz. They're not so upset about that, but at the same time, they need their best players to be their best players. Just just plain and simple. They need their they need their guards to pick up their slack and, and, and do what they need to do. And, and, and that's just not happening consistently. And it didn't happen in this game. And it's a big reason why the Magic lost. Orlando scores only 13 points off the bench. Nine of them come from Bull Bull. Bull Bull, four for seven shooting, one for two from beyond the arc, 10 rebounds, including three offensive rebounds, two block shots. Bull Bull, it, each moment that Bull Bull is on the floor, he gets better. He is He is just more calm. He is more comfortable on the floor. He's finding his way and finding his comfort and, and he is showing the talent that made him that made him one of the top prospects in his high school class. Um, you know, he's still a little bit all over the place. He still wants to shoot the ball every time he touches the ball, but right now the bench needs that. The bench needs a guy that's gonna score a little bit, that's gonna mix things up, and bowl is just doing fantastic. Um, as a lot of fans would point out, odd rotation decisions for the Orlando Magic tonight. Kevon Harris actually leads the team in bench minutes at twenty-two minutes and fourteen seconds. I thought uh, well, I think Kevon Harris is a very disruptive defender, and I really like the energy he brings defensively. Just not given a lot offensively. He missed a wide open layup where he, you know, kind of got he got a foul was called, but he was not fouled on the play. Um, it's he, the rotations mess. The rotations a little messed up right now. Um, you know, Mosley's experiment, experimenting with some things. Uh, it, it, it's not solid. It's not consistent, um, and. You know, I think there are legitimate complaints. Again, I I I, I told numerous people on, about this online, um, and and I meant I kind of hinted at this with the defense. I don't think the Magic are being put in the best positions to succeed. It's not that they're being they're not being put in positions to succeed, um, but they're not given uh, they're not being put in the best position to succeed is is the way I would put it. Um, I, I think the Magic do need to change some things and change some thoughts and change some ideas just to settle the team down. Um, getting guys back from injury is going to be the big thing. Like, look, the Magic are missing five rotation-caliber players right now, depending on how you feel about Mo Wagner, depending on how you feel about Jonathan Isaac. But missing Markel Fultz, missing Jalen Suggs, missing Gary Harris, those are humongous losses for this team. This team is not built to sustain losses to those to any of these players, especially a player like Markel Fultz. Um, it's, it's rough, and it's rough because of that. So I, I would say let's reserve judgment for when the team is a little bit healthier. Before we hit the panic button, before we kind of say like let's reset the whole thing and restart over, Jamal Ozy's going to be the coach. He's going to get through this year. He's going to be coaching next year unless there's an absolute disaster or play revolt. He'll figure some stuff out. I I, I do like a lot of things he's running and a lot of thing a lot of the ideas he has. It's just about execution and implementation, and, and, and I think that part is the part that's been lacking. And again, he's a rookie head coach. He's a second year head coach now. I think he's in more command. I think he's you know maybe a little bit more optimistic about where this team is at, then maybe they are. Just needs to make some adjustments and and, and kind of simplify things, and I think this team will be okay. Cleveland is led in scoring by Evan Mobley with 22 points. Jared Allen with 18 points, 16 rebounds. Karis LeVert with 10 points. Donovan Mitchell with just 14. Chetty Osman off the bench with 14 points as well. Cleveland only shoots 41.4% from floor, 30.3% from beyond the arc, 21 of 30 from the foul line, 12 offensive rebounds for 19 second-chance points, that is such a huge difference in the game. Orlando is just struggling to rebound. Like I said, the switching is a major problem. I think that's a big reason why the Magic are ultimately struggling uh, with their rebounding. I, I'd go back to a drop coverage, uh, honestly. Uh, not maybe not a drop coverage, maybe a high drop. But I, I, I would go. I would, I would not be doing the switching the Magic are doing. I, I it's, it's, it's not working. Um, it, it's not working consistently enough, and it's not working in big moments. And the margin for error is just too small keep a set base defense, keep a comfortable base defense, really kind of focus on directing the ball handlers where you want them to go, know your rotations within that, and and go from there. I, I think the switching is just causing more confusion than it's worth. Everyone's just not on the same page, so let's get everyone on the same page and then add elements and add some different coverages to, to that. Switching is not a base coverage. Switching is a package that you throw at a team to throw them off. Your Base coverage is your base coverage is your main to man. Um, and, and and that, or that's that's how that's how I feel, at least. And, and we're not seeing a lot of if, if switching is the Magic's base coverage, it ain't working consistently enough to be a base coverage. Orlando falls to Cleveland Cavaliers 103 to 92. They'll be back in action at the Amway Center. That's 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 novel. Uh, on Friday against the streaking Charlotte Hornets, but that's gonna do it for me today. I want to thank you all again for listening to today's episode of Locked on Magic. You can, of course, find me on Twitter at R underscore Subscribe to the podcast, and Apple Podcast, Stitcher, TuneIn, Himalaya, Google Play, Spotify, Odyssey, and all the other places you love podcasts to your podcast enable listening device. For the latest on the Orlando Magic, be sure to check out OrlandoMagicDaily.com. Of course, follow us there on Twitter at OMagicDaily. Now that you're done listening to us, peek out the. Let's wait for my copy to load. Now that you're done listening to us, Check out the Lockdown Sports Today podcast, the biggest stories of the day, plus instant reactions, big game recaps, and the take of the day. The quotation marks are in the copy. I'm not changing that. Available on the Odyssey app, YouTube, and wherever you get podcasts. That's going to do it for me today, though. I want to thank you all again for listening to today's episode of Lockdown Magic for Orlando Magic Daily and Lockdown Magic. This is we'll see you all again next time another episode of Lockdown Magic.